Charles Spur. Megan Spur. And uh, intern number three is over here purring her little head off, playing a Friskies game. <laughs> you know, it, she really takes objection to anybody on cell phones, so I found if I can distract her with a game on a phone designed for cats, it usually works. I like how she just up and leaves right as you're saying that. It's like, oh, really? Fuck you. Well, not a game for cats, but how about a game with a little tiny cat thing? Nice segue. That's, that's, uh, that's the best I got here. <laughs> we just recently went and played through Luna, the Shadow Dust. Yeah, it's one of the games that I couldn't stop talking about at PAX this past year. It was the first game I demoed in the Indie Mega booth, and it really struck me. The art in the game was beautiful. It's the game that I kept describing as like a PBS Herald and the Purple Crayon meets Miyazaki. The art style was just very unique. Uh, but it was just beautiful. And so the game finally came out back around mid-February. I think it was like the 13th or something like that. And it's like $10 for this game. I mean, it's three hours of hand-animated point-and-click puzzle solving. Yeah, it's Um, really pretty. There's no voice acting, so it is all music and art that is giving you the story, the narrative, the direction, everything in the game. It is a 2D puzzle story game. Yeah, it's super atmospheric. Just the way that the music plays into everything and sets the mood kind of... I don't know if it really points you in the direction, but... No, but I think that it does something to set up what are the moments that you should be anxious about, what are the moments that convey joy and celebration and that kind of thing. Oh, sure. Definitely, like, brings in a whole lot of emotional content to it. Yeah. I really liked going through it for a lot of the puzzles. That's good, because it is a puzzle game. (laughs) I know. The art is something to look at and be like, that's a good reason to play, but I actually enjoyed playing through the puzzle aspect of things. I hadn't played much of the demo which I know you had, mm-hmm. but the demo was kind of like spaced out throughout the levels we played. Um, the demo was, most of the demo is the intro levels, right? It's There was maybe a, one level that was spaced out a little bit, but it was mostly just the intro. I like the way that it goes between the cutscenes that are very nicely animated uh, into pretty much seamlessly into the gameplay itself, just on a Smaller, less dramatic scale, right? Like, some of the cutscenes are pretty intense. Oh, well, I mean, the art style is the same either yeah. way. But, I mean, I wouldn't say it's seamless to say that you go from one to the other. I mean, like, we see AAA titles where it's seamless between them because you don't realize that, you know, cinematic has ended and you're supposed to start playing the game now. I wouldn't say that this is like that. Sure, I suppose that's true. I mean, because when you get into a thing that can render cutscenes in-engine... Yeah. Versus a hand-animated cutscene that just cuts to a hand-animated 2D mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, fair enough. I would say one of the things that I found interesting, um, you mentioned the cat character, because the cat can go... Um, I'm trying to think of, um, like, shoot. What is the name of the game where you play a character that can go into shadows? Contrast. A bit like Contrast, where going into shadows, uh, being able to jump on top of shadows as a platform. Never really explained, I think, why this cat thingy could do that, but it can, which is, you know, part of the puzzle solving. But that, I mean, that was interesting. It, it made a different element to it. Yeah, because it lets you play with light and shadow in the room to solve puzzles or to 
have other things you need to watch out for. There's the one puzzle where shadows appear that aren't being cast by anything and, you know, you have to dodge out of the way or get them to stop or, you know. Yeah. No fail conditions in this game, right? You just, you might have to restart the puzzle, but there's no death condition. Right, yeah. I mean, there's nothing in the way of, like, actual failure, but there are setbacks. So, yeah, you can... Again, like that one specifically, you get knocked off of a shelf, you fall back into the real world, and you have to go try it again. Sometimes you can, you know, accidentally suck the cat up into the uh, juice-making contraption. Some of us did that on purpose. Right. I think most of the puzzles ended up being, I wouldn't say easy, but like intuitive after a little bit. And I think the only one that really gave me trouble was the clock tower portion. And that's because I needed to come back to it again later. Like, the first time I played through it, I didn't really know what to do with the clock at the top of it. And then when we came back the next day and started it over again, I immediately saw what I should have seen the first time uh, and then figured out how to solve the puzzle. So, I mean, everything is given to you. It's not, like, crazy, I need a strategy guide to get through. But it's still kind of rewarding to figure out these puzzles. Yeah, I would say one thing at the end of the game. I wish I could go back, and I think I need to go back and just watch all the cutscenes again because I think I was a little confused by the story they told me that's not to say that it's it is confusing i feel like i maybe didn't put the pieces together because we had gone so long in between playing sessions that i don't think i remembered something or maybe i felt like something was left out a little bit so i need to go back and watch it it was still it was very pretty and i mean it was a rewarding ending but i still I need to watch it again. There's a theater gallery kind of thing where you can view the cutscenes just on their own as like an extras menu. So there is one cutscene we didn't get, and there's also some achievements we still have to go back and finish. So we would have to. Is I, really the right word mm, for it? No, I think we do. <laughs> I think we at least need to figure out that how to get that cutscene and see what was going on with that. I don't think that I have to be included into this royal we scenario. Not all of us are achievement hunters. But aren't we really? In our hearts? No. <laughs> no. No, it's just me? Just you. Yeah, all right. Um, I will say that at the end of that, it was really emotional. The, like, final cinematic does a lot of tugging at the heartstrings kind of stuff, so. And even after only a few hours of playing through, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you care about these characters. But anyway, like, it's... A uh, lovely little game. We definitely got our, what, like, $8 worth that was on sale for its first week. Yeah. No, I'd totally recommend that one. It was really pretty. Yeah. It's like its own little movie. I don't know. As long as you like point-and-click puzzle games, I suppose. I have a soft spot for them. Back to my Sierra days. Yep. I think uh, game design has gotten better over the years. You don't all have to go back to my old days where I print out the guide I guess I put a heavy asterisks around guide and print it out on that, like that dot matrix printer, you know, tear away edges and everything. Yeah. I was, I'm just remembering uh, the printout that I had for Gabriel Knight. <laughs> oh man. People have been making uh, game walkthroughs since the development of the internet. Like, is there a board to post things on? Here's my walkthrough of. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I used a lot of them. Thank you. Thank you, really, internet people. <laughs> I used to print out those sorts of things and take them to the arcades for, like, Mortal Kombat. Oh, I totally did that for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the only way I dominated playing Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcade. 
I think Street Fighter 2 was the first one I actually did that for, but oh. same idea, like, wait, how do I do Zangief's suplex move? Oh yeah, spin this around and hit all these buttons, like, ah, the early days of the internet. <laughs> back when I used to play Wolfenstein 3D on my 486, you know, back before they started giving names to the <laughs> processors, it was just the number. You date yourself, Charles. Oh, I know. It was the, the pre-Pentium days, because the Pentium was a 586, yeah. Anyway... Wolfenstein, though. I did just finish uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, mm. uh, since that was on Game Pass. I like it, but it's also seemed like kind of an abrupt ending, where I guess they were just setting it up for a future DLC, maybe another sequel. Hmm. It's well, the third game, so I was like, this will finish it off, because trilogies, I guess, is what is in my head these days. Which is weird, because like, the Marvel movies aren't a trilogy, but Star Wars is a trilogy, so Star Wars is a trilogy of trilogies. I'm so confused on where you're going with this point. <laughs> anyway. No, I just like, I like the game and I just thought it was, uh, it's really cool. The uh, AI is not great. It's like playing um, Gears of War by yourself. Hmm. Same idea. You've got like your companion. I mean, they're sisters, uh, Soph and Jess, the Blaskowitz mm-hmm. sisters, um, going into Paris to find BJ, who's, is he just Billy now? I don't know. Anyway, he's gone there looking for something. And, uh, yeah, you go behind enemy lines, run around, kill some Nazis, discover the weird secret plots that was going on for the Fourth Reich, because you killed Hitler in the previous game. I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's weird to think about how far those games have come from their origins. How many games in Wolfenstein are there now? Okay, so there are three for the new series. There's New Order, New Colossus, and Youngblood. There's also DLCs for those, like The Old Blood, which is for the first one. So, I mean, like, three main games plus whatever expansions they've made for them. There were also a couple games in the early 2000s, like Return to Castle Wolfenstein, that they were just trying to, like, do something with the property, I guess. Okay. They lean more to the, like, Nazi occult things. The new games are more, like, Nazi science experimentation thing. Like, it's... Because... Uh, Wolfenstein 3D was definitely had like zombie soldiers, right? So, you know, I guess it covers both of those areas, but yeah. Anyway, I think there were like, I think there were only two games in the early 2000s that aren't really acknowledged as part of the new. Sure. And then, I mean, prior to that, it was Wolfenstein 1, Wolfenstein 2, and then Wolfenstein 3D uh, and its follow-up, Spear of Destiny. So... I don't know. What's that? Like nine games so far? Yeah. I should have specified. I just meant the of the new series, but <laughs> I'll take an a <laughs> entire history. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Back in the Apogee days. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the new series is just the three games so far. Although, I don't know. I'm thinking they're probably going to do... Either they're going to do a major expansion or they're going to do a fourth because it ends up with... Like, characters running off to go do something else while the girls stay in, you know, they stay in France where they're at to so you can go do more missions, right? Got it. <laughs> so you can go do all the quests you hadn't finished before you completed the main plot. Fair. It's weird how Wolfenstein is kind of RPG in that way. Like, you know, the original Wolfenstein was just a side-scrolling platformer game. Uh, and then Wolfenstein 3D was like the first FPS. But it was still just like... Go around, pick up new gun, pick up key to open door. Yeah. Uh, and now there's like talent trees 
you level up, you gain points, you apply points to, you know, get new abilities. I'm like, it's just strange. It's one of those games I really thought of before as like a pure, like just straightforward FPS. I don't remember. Maybe they were doing this in New Colossus. You know, I think they were. I think they were doing like talent points in that game. Either way, it was something fun to do. It was free on Game Pass and holds me over until Doom Eternal comes out. Anyway, so speaking of trilogies, Star Wars, but not the trilogies because the actual interesting parts of the... I'm sorry, the movies are the least interesting parts of Star Wars at this point. (laughs) I feel like you're digging yourself into such a hole. Where are you going with this? The Clone Wars! (laughs) We started season seven of The Clone Wars. Yes, we did. Where is that picking up from? Is that the end of season five? Because like season six was a bunch of like the lost episodes kind of thing, right? Yeah, but the, I think there was still some stuff that happened in season six that that matters because that's where you get in the background on specific clones. I think this is it's still after season six. There are there's stuff that happens there that is not. I think it's probably out of order time wise. I don't believe that there's anything that happens in season six that talks about you know after Ahsoka leaves uh, or any of that. I think that. It's maybe more background information that you still have to, you should still watch. But yeah, so this is post season five and six, pre episode three, though. I actually, no, I wouldn't even say that. I actually think that this is taking place during episode three. This is probably closer towards the end. You are like the first episode of The Bad Batch. Um, It was an episode that had been aired before, not as part of the normal Clone Wars. I believe that it was done as a kind of an extra episode that had shown on maybe just on YouTube or other sources. I didn't, I don't remember it, but I know I had seen it before. Um, They had added an extra scene and done some additional animation for it. The second episode that was... I guess two weeks ago by the time this airs. I hadn't seen that one yet. And I believe they are doing, from what I read, I think there are 12 episodes in season seven or yeah, that they'll do groups of four. So the first four are around the Bad Batch. The second four are around Ahsoka and the third four are around the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we've seen the first two episodes... So, introduction of the Bad Batch, and then the rescue mission to, I cannot remember the name of the planet, also featuring the Bad Batch. Also spoilers. So the Bad Batch seems to be, I would say, inspired by the comics dealing with Scar Squadron, but are also, like, the canon precursor to them. So I assume that Anakin going out with Scar Squadron is going to, like, later influence him as Vader to create this his own, like, group of misfit soldiers to go get the job done. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, because if you look at, like, the attitude difference between Anakin now and Anakin as Darth Vader later, like, it seems to be the exact sort of thing he wouldn't allow. Like, troops that go out on their own and have very little oversight from him. I suppose, but this is a group that... Like, he's, he's not in charge of them, right? Like, that's... I think there's a difference with the expectation of what he's in charge of. As Darth Vader, he oversees all of it. Anakin Skywalker, you know, he doesn't let Ahsoka just go off and do her own thing. He is very much in control of everything that he's 
he's touching what's going on. So I don't know. I think it's it's just a matter of more like expectations set. Yeah. I mean, he didn't let her go off and do her own thing, but she did it anyway. <laughs> she left to go do her own thing. Whatever. We'll get episodes about that later. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about like the interactions between Vader and Thrawn in the Alliances book. Did you ever finish that? Uh, I got about halfway through it, and then I'm waiting for it to come back from the library. <laughs> but just the Vader's disdain for Thrawn taking any command. Because I have no idea where Darth falls in the name, in the ranking of military hierarchy. Versus Grand Admiral, which does seem to make some sense. Although, I don't know where Moff is in that either. The fuck is a Moff? Thanks, Lucas. Anyway, uh... Yeah, Moth look, it's higher than Grand Admiral. Yes, it, it is. Yes. <laughs> it's just a weird name. I don't think we use Moff in anything. Is there anything higher than Moff? I don't know. Emperor. Well, yes. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> so yeah, so two more episodes dealing with Bad Batch and then probably move on to something else. Yeah, I think it was uh, the Bad Batch and Ahsoka and then the Siege of Mandalore. Okay. From the previews with Ahsoka interacting with Maul, kind of looking forward to that. Although I assume that the episodes we're going to get with Ahsoka are her making her way back to meeting up with the clones and everything prior to Order 66. Because we did see something in the previews with her and Rex, I think. So Yeah, you see her um, meet up with Rex and with some other clones. They give her her own helmet. And then, yeah, we do see scenes of confrontation with her and with mall i'm curious if we're gonna see during this like i'm I'm making the assumption that season seven is also going to show or at least lead up to order 66 because one of the things that would be interesting is to see ahsoka and rex how they manage to escape because at some point rex has to take out his chip that hasn't happened yet so he would remove his chip and from the ahsoka book they uh, the discussion was that she and Rex faked a grave. Uh, there's empty grave marker for both of them. And, you know, Ahsoka abandoned her lightsabers there to, as evidence that, you know, she had, she had died. So, you know, in the novel, then she goes off and has her adventures and trying to find herself and how she makes new lightsabers, how she acquired the kyber crystals they were red from a night sister no not a night sister one of the ninth sisters excuse me and were able to cleanse them um and how they became white and uh, on her journey to become fulcrum and then at some point rex after he escaped and don't i don't know anything that happens to rex between there and when <laughs> where we find him in rebels yeah <laughs> when you find him and the other clones and so it's uh, yeah I, i'm hoping that we get some information on that or at least an animation of at least the the scene of ahsoka and rex escaping order 66 but it looked like when she confronts maul in the preview that she has the white lightsabers she also does look a little bit older which might just be an animation style choice i could have sworn that in the novel though she had um i was really sure that the siege of mandalore had already happened I could be wrong. I might be remembering this out of order, but I, I could have sworn that that was the case. Oh, I'm just wondering if maybe there's an epilogue style mm. thing at the end, like last episode or two, that kind of deals with 
a little bit of that space in between episode three and when Rebels happens. Yeah, fair. Lots of time for Maul to go crazy. Er. <laughs> I think crazier. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's too sane at this point in Clone Wars. He's been dead a few times. That'll do something to you, I think. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're looking forward to that. Is there anything you're looking forward to playing games? Hmm, let's see. Comics? The Halo Combat Evolved, the remaster of it is available now. I'm looking forward to dying many, 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 many times. Played that, the original, and uh, have since then discovered that I'm so much better at story RPGs and not <laughs> games like Halo. Uh, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to playing and dying a lot. There is a game coming to, or actually at this point it is on Game Pass. I'm a look, looking forward to playing. It's a s- small title called Piku Niku. So it's okay. A tiny title. It is a cute animation style that it reminds me of some reminds me of some character design from like Foster's Imaginary Children, where. It seems they're very cute at the front, except for there's this dystopian story in the background and you're kind of unfolding what's happening and, and some deep state conspiracies. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a of an odd one. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing that. Let's see. I've been playing Final Fantasy XV, though it keeps crashing a bunch, so I might need to reload that one and uh, spend some time on that game. And for the life of me, one of these days, I am going to finish Greedfall. <laughs> Just not today. <laughs> so I've got, ugh, I've gotten started on Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. I've been watching you because it's like uh, cutscenes, the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So many cutscenes. Fight some Heartless. How about another 20 minutes of cutscene? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. It wasn't very good for streaming. Because <laughs> it's just, well, let's all just sit here and watch a cutscene now, shall we? <laughs> I also do not understand half of what's going on uh, with the characters and why most of them have two names. It's like, well, this is my name, but you would have known me as... I'm like, what? What? Why? Okay. You know what? I'm not... There's like another, what, 40 minutes of video at the beginning of the game you can watch well, okay. to kind of give you the backstory. To clarify, you never played the first Kingdom Hearts game. Right, right. So you not knowing what's going on is more on you than on the game. You know, you... yes. Uh, I also think that games don't have the same kind of limitations as movies. Like, I get having a sequel movie that doesn't talk about the previous game or the previous movies at all. Mm -hmm. But games don't really have that kind of, like, time limitation to them. You're not trying to get people through it in two hours. They actually gave you a whole video series to watch. It's actually built into the game for you to be like, hey, watch this to get caught up. Yeah. Yeah, this one's on you. I'll go sit there and watch it at some (laughs) point, I guess. I mean, I'll say that I played Mass Effect 2 without ever playing the first one and uh, picked it all up just fine. That's a shame. I really enjoyed running through the Citadel. Yeah, I maybe I'll go back and play it at some point. I just, I never had. And Mass Effect 2 came out and I was like, well, this looks awesome. And people were pretty excited about the first game. I'll play this one. Hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's better to have not played the original games. Like The Witcher. Witcher 3. Great. Just play it. You don't need to play the other ones. You'll... Have a little like who's who are Triss and Yennefer and why do they not like each other? But hey, yeah, Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Other than that, uh, I am a couple issues behind on Sex Criminals. I really need to go read those. Uh, I was really excited the series was coming back, and then I just got distracted and didn't read the two 
issues that have come out since. With already having my hands full of Kingdom Hearts 3, I thought about trying Yakuza 0 since people seem real excited about it and mm -hmm. I don't know anything about it. I think that's one I can actually just play from that and it's that's the beginning of the story, right? It's got zero on the title. Yes, you can start with that one. <laughs> okay, great. I just don't know when I'm going to fit it in. <laughs> Too many new games. And then Doom Eternal coming out soon. It is this month, isn't it? I thought it came out in March. Or am I thinking of something else? March 20th. Oh, there we go. Ooh, I kind of want to get it on PC because we've got the machine that can run it real nice right now. Well, uh, you play Doom and I'll play Animal Crossing. Ooh, that reminds me. Since Animal Crossing's on the Switch. It's the end of this month. Bubble 4 Bobble. <laughs> bubble Bobble 4. It's the four-player Bubble Bobble game. But you know Bubble Bobble, right? The little dragons that blow bubbles and then pop them to defeat their enemies. Old NES game. I mean, it was actually an arcade game, but... I have no idea what in the hell you were talking about. Did you ever play Puzzle Bobble? Really? Same little dinosaurs, only, you know, you cranked a thing and then shot colored balls up. It was like a puzzle kind of game where you... It was like a match three, right? Like, so you you could, like, bank the things off the walls to try and, you know, hit different areas of, like, a blob of colored balls that are coming down from the top. And, you know, you pop them all and you defeat the level. So you shot little balls out, and you when you match three, they explode. What does this have to do with dragons? The dragons are little mascots that do the thing. So Puzzle Bobble was just a puzzle game derived from the characters of Bubble Bobble. Okay. I get the bubbles. What's Bobble? <laughs> well, one dinosaur is Bub, the other one is Bob. <laughs> are you making that up? <laughs> nope. That's the original game. There's four of them in this one, so I don't know what that's all about, but... It's a four-player co-op, because the original one's a two-player co-op. But it's coming out on the Switch at the end of the month, and I'm just excited for it. I, I call dibs for Animal Crossing. I'm sorry, get your own <laughs> Switch. Well, fine. I'll just play Doom. <laughs> Pretty sure I can stream Doom, because I'll be screaming at Doom. There'll be a lot more to interact with than sitting and watching cutscenes. Fair. Anyway, should we wrap this one up? Sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us. You can catch us at Dorcadia.com, at Dorcadia, most social medias, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, Mixer. Uh, please give us a rating. We'd like five out of five what's. You can't say hand, bubble bubbles. It's like hand animated puzzle games. That's so much better than bubble bottles. Yes. Bubble bo bobbles? Bubbles? Better. <laughs> Bubs and bobs? <laughs> We don't want five. There's only four in the next one. We can't. Right, yeah, five. we can't jump to five yet. Spoilers. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.